Over the last couple episodes, we've talked about training, we've talked about firing. Those helped to set the stage for the biggest one of them all, recruiting. The great irony of life is this. We all want a life we love and more time with the ones we love, but our job, the very thing that's supposed to be the financial vehicle to provide that freedom is the very thing that chains us down. Do you think you have what it takes to rise above yourself? Are you ready to start transforming your dreams into reality? If so, I'm Cody Teal. Welcome to the Finding Freedom Podcast, a tribe of dreamers and doers, rebels and fighters that are here to prove to the world you can have your cake and eat it too. What's up, podcast? Here to talk about recruiting. We spent spent a good amount of time at training and firing. We could probably spend more time on that, but I think the greatest need I see out there and hear from companies is recruiting. And a lot of them go about it in just (laughs) horribly wrong ways. I'm part of a lot of Facebook groups, um, especially for solar and sales. And uh, most people's recruiting pitches are very simply, we pay a lot and we need good closers. Come work for us. (laughs) It's like... Oh, (laughs) if you do, if that's your recruiting pitch, then uh, good luck getting a lot of good recruits. You might get lucky, um, but good luck. (laughs) There needs to be a lot more to your recruiting strategy than we pay a lot. We need closers uh, because there are always competitive places for people to go work. And if you're not competitive, then you're going to lose that good talent. Or even if you get it, you're not going to keep it. So what are effective recruiting strategies? It's going to be a three-part series. And how do we build a strong team of high-performance individuals that are, that are driven towards a goal? And it's definitely possible. It, those teams are out there, and the only variable is you and your company. Like, it's not that, like, there are plenty of teams out there that are just crushing it. And it's not a matter of, like, if there are teams out there, it's a matter of, like, do you have the secret recipe to be able to attract and maintain those teams? And we're going to go over some of those secret recipes today. Now, I want to preface this with, with my own journey. When I first got in direct sales, I thought I, I came with a very, very poor lens and expectations of what direct sales was and how you promote and grow and recruit and, and uh, establish a brand and company. <clears throat> I came from the more corporate world. And in, in corporate America, the way you grow individually or, or as a company is you have this thing, you, have, you do your job, you do it really well, and you have this thing called a manager. And he probably has a manager, and then he probably has a director, and then he probably has a regional or, or whatever the corporate structure is, right? And, and the corporate ladder works very simple, right? You start entry level, or if you're, you have a graduate degree, you start up a little higher, um, but you do your time, you work hard, you play some politics, you know, Brown knows a bit, little bit, and when your boss gets promoted or leaves, then there's this opening. Everybody applies for it. They consider internal and external candidates and they make a selection based off of their criteria. And that's typically at all levels where it works out in corporate America. Direct sales is different. I want to tell you that again, direct sales is different than that. Um, Especially door to door. You create your position. You are not handed your position. And companies that hand out positions don't last very long, just, just so you know. Um, if someone's just giving you like a sales VP position, you're probably one of two salespeople and you just like the title and that company's not going to be around a long time because you're focused on titles and not on production and growth. And so 
Um, what, what I learned was, because I, I thought, okay, I want to be a manager, so I'm going to do really, really, really good at my job, do the whole smooth politics thing, and get a position. And I kept getting looked over for positions. I thought, why am I getting looked over for positions? It's because I wasn't creating the position myself. I was, I was hoping to get it. And so what I learned was, is that if I wanted a position in direct sales, I had to create it. And what does that mean? I had to go out there. I had to find the individuals. I had to train them. I had to form a team out of nothing. And then guess what? Magically, I was a manager because I had a team and I created that. And I think it's, it's if you're new to direct sales and you're waiting for that management position, you want to promote yourself, you want to grow, just stop waiting for the opportunity for someone to give you to in management. Like stop waiting for your boss to leave or get promoted or for an opportunity to open up somewhere else. Just start by you, one, being successful in your job, but two, finding other people and recruiting them and training them how to be successful in their job. If you do that, you will get a management position because guess what? You'll create it. And that's the glory. That's the wonderful like blessing of direct sales especially door to door is you don't have to wait for a management position. You don't have to wait for someone else to open it up. If you're like, I want to form a team, then I call your friends, call people, put out ads, form a team, be successful. And guess what? You got the job. <laughs> and that goes all the way up. If you want to be a director or VP or whatever, just form the team. <laughs> and it's amazing, but it's also like, it's tough because I, I get it. Like people come from a different environment, but so how do you build that team? How do you grow it? Um, well, it starts, the first thing it starts with is not recruiting. Okay. And we're the next two episodes, we're going to go over specific recruiting, recruiting strategies, but all the recruiting in the world will do you no good. We'll have zero results. If you don't first get this right here, here's the secret to recruiting. If you get this right, everything else will fall into place. Trust me. You get salespeople predictable results. If you can get salespeople predictable results, they will come. End of story, right? If, if I'm a salesperson and I'm willing to do commission sales in some form or fashion and you just tell me do X, Y, Z and I do X, Y, Z and I get money, I will stay. End of story. If I come and you don't tell me X, Y, Z is and I figure it out myself, I probably won't stay. And if you tell me what X, Y, Z is and it's actually not that, it's actually a different formula, I'm going to go somewhere else because... Because commission sales is totally unpredictable. And so you as the company or the manager or whatever, director, as, as that supervisor, your job is to create as much consistency as possible for a very, very unpredictable job. If you do that, people stay. If you don't do that, people leave. It's very, very simple, right? So here, what is that formula? How do you create predictable success? Okay, number one, you have to be successful yourself. This is why in direct sales, 99% of the time and 100% of the time for successful companies, the manager is a production manager. The manager has to get out there and sell is because they have to show that they can get results and they have to, they have to be able to get results because if they, if they don't know how to get the sales or get results, they're not going to be able to recruit other people in to get the results and teach them if they can't do it themselves. So you have to be able to do it yourself, all right? So number one, you have to be able to get sales yourself consistently and be on top of the market because guess what? Things change. The ways to get sales change. Education changes. 
the market changes. And so you have to be consistently on top of that. So if you're not getting sales right now and you're wondering why people aren't coming to work for you, it's because you're not getting sales. <laughs> you get your sales first. And I know it sounds a little selfish and it sounds like a little counterproductive, counterintuitive to what America teaches, right? A manager should just manage. They shouldn't produce. Like that's not direct sales world, okay? You need to be producing. And there will always be some level of production you have to do no matter how big the company. The, 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 the vice presidents of sales at Vivint Solar, one of the largest direct sales company in the world, they get out and sell still. They get out and sell because they know the value of this. And so if you think you're the exception to the rule and you're a manager and you can just sit back and check out and collect a paycheck, you're going to have something else coming to you because those guys are going to see that. They're going to they're gonna smell that and understand that you don't get them and they will find someone else. Okay? So you have to be selling yourself. Secret number two, all right? You do need to have a process by which salespeople are successful, like a, like a pitch, a successful pitch. So that when they are in front of a homeowner or in front of a prospect, they know the exact words to say so they're successful. Later on, they can be creative and, and add their own nuances, but they need something that if they go and knock that door, that's going to bring them success, all right? Like predictable success. If you say, you say these exact words with these exact mannerisms, you play it out exactly like the script, you act that perfectly, then 20% of the time, 25% of the time, 30, whatever it is, 50% of the time, this is what's going to happen. All right. And then third, well, and then there's a fourth secret that could, could ruin all this, but we're going to go on that second. Third is you have to provide coaching and direct feedback to that process, right? Because they, they don't know what they're doing wrong. They don't know what they don't know. They're, they're new and it's not their fault. And so you have to be able to provide them coaching so that they can get better on the that process and script, all right? So number one, you have to be producing results yourself. Number two, you have to have a proven process, a proven pitch. Number three, you have to provide direct feedback for that pitch. And this is the fourth one that could ruin it all because this is where I get, this is where most managers get this wrong. And this is the hardest part, okay? If you get this right, whoo, you'll take off. If you get this wrong, and it's so easy to get wrong, especially for someone that's really caring because if you get this wrong, it's you're screwed, okay? Because there's this one thing that's very, very limited. It's called time. We only have so many hours in a day, all right? And what I see, the, the biggest mistake of new managers is they want to have, they want to make sure everyone's successful. They care so much about the success of their team. But guess what? Most of the time, they care more about the success of the members on their team than the members on the team could care about the success, success themselves, Okay? You're going to recruit people. You're going to attract people that love to see what you're doing and that want to be a part of it. But they're not willing to put the work in. They're not willing to put the grind in. They're going to say, I want the nice car. I want the big salary. I want the six figures. I want to be part of this team. I'm, going to, I'm ready to commit. I work hard. I'm doing what I'm told. <clears throat> I'm losing my voice. <laughs> but they're going to say all the words they need to say. But when push comes to shove, they're not going to do what's asked of them. They're not going to do what's required for success. And the disconnect is you think they are. So you're going to spend all your time and invest all your money and mental energy into people that don't care. And that's going to kill you. It's going to kill your production. And then five weeks down the road, six weeks down the road, they're not going to have any sales. And you're going to be wondering, 
I spent a lot of time with them. I coached them. I was in, I got in home and I sold them or, or worse, you were in home and you helped them sell and make sales and then you let them off on their own. And then all of a sudden they're not making sales because guess what? You supported them. You were you're their crutch. And then, and so you're spending all this time on non-producers and the people that are real producers, you're still spending time with, but because you don't, can't maximize your time, you're dead in the water. Every new sales manager, especially the ones that really care about people, make them a mistake because they think everybody can be successful. They have a heart of gold. And they just want to give, 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 give. But the 20, 80-20 rule pl- applies to this more than anything else. The 80-20 rule applies to this. Please listen. Please listen because your tendency, your natural inclination is going to want to help people. And that's a good thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. But you need to focus on the 20%. The 80%, Oh, you just got to ignore. So this is what this looks like in real life. All right. This, this is what helps me because I want to help people so bad. But when I first hire people, I make sure I give a really good one or two day training. I give them all the things they need. And I set expectations very clearly. I'm going to say over the next two weeks, I'm, you're going to be on your own. Okay. And what's going to happen is the wheat is going to separate from the tares. The people that really, really, really want this job that really want to be successful and that are actually going to put in the time and actually going to put in the sacrifice just like you did, they're going to do that. They're going to work 80 hours a week. They're going to exhaust all the resources. And what they're going to do is they're going to call you non-freaking stop because they're on the doors. They're running the problems they want to get past. They're going to call you and be like, hey, this person said this. What did I do wrong here? And they're, they're going to be so hungry for success that they're not going to let anything, even you, get in their way. And they're going to call you. They're going to work hard. They're going to watch all the YouTube videos. They're going to buy books. They're going to be all over that. They'll, and then at the end of the two weeks, you literally cannot ignore those people because they're so much on you. And then the other people, you're never going to hear from them because guess what? They're not working. Because if they're working and they're running into problems, they're going to be calling you. But if they're not working, they're sitting in their car thinking, I don't want to go knock doors. I don't want to go cold call. So they're not putting the effort and they're not putting the sacrifice. They're not learning what they need to do. They think it's supposed to be handed to them on a silver spoon. And then at the other end of those two weeks, you'll never have heard from them. They're going to have all these excuses about why they didn't get support. Why didn't they get any help? You know, why this shouldn't, why was it working out? And this other 20%, they're going to be crushing it. They're going to be making sales. They're on their way to six figures. They're on the way to success. And, and y'all on the 20, 20% of the sideline are going to be looking at the 80% that are complaining, that are victim mentality. And you'll be like, dude, we all know what we did right. We put in the hours, we worked. It was successful for us. The process worked for us. It's not the process that's the problem. It's the, it's the person trying to implement the process. That's the problem. All right? That was a lot of peas. I don't know how I got through all those peas um, without stuttering, but maybe I stuttered a bit. I don't know. Anyway, focus on the 20%. Let those people that are working their butt off work their butt off and they will demand they will demand your attention and the people that demand your attention give it to them the people that don't don't because they don't care they're not willing to pick up the phone and ask a question and get help from their manager they don't deserve your attention right so give them some time give them some time to sink or swim and i know that sounds really merciless but it works because it's going to re- preserve your time for the people that want it and need it the most. For the people that don't want it, they're not going to reach out. All right? So use those. Step next, next time, we're gonna, if you have that down, if you have that process down, P 
people will naturally come to you. But I'm going to show you ways, two different ways to get your recruiting whole, like awesomely just jacked up, just like totally just on steroids, okay? It's going to be so good. So, But first, you have to have your process down. And first, you have to be have the discipline to say no to some people and focus on that 20% because that's going to make all the difference.